Salutations, everyone, and welcome to the Triple R Podcast, the Retro Wrestling Report. My name's Warren. How's everybody doing? Uh, wonderful for you to join us today as we, myself, my brother Chris, Justin Pilcher, we'll be going over WrestleMania X7, WrestleMania 17 from 2001. Let's uh, see how everybody's doing. Chris, brother, how are you? Well, I am fantastic after watching this pay-per-view. Whew. I mean, amazing. It was amazing. And I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to talk about it. Mainly, I can't wait to talk about TLC 2 because that was the I'll, – I'll save it. I'll save it when we get to it, but I'm, 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 I'm real excited. Yes, please, please save it for then. And uh, Justin Pilcher. Pilch, how are you? Uh, thank you for having me, Warren. You are a regular on this podcast. Don't forget that. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm a little exhausted from watching this pay-per-view because it was four <laughs> hours long. Oh, it, but uh, to, to think that we would be talking about a four-hour pay-per-view being hefty uh, to where recent day WrestleManias have been all day extravaganzas. Oh, yeah. The four hours uh to me felt a little uh light, but this is this pay-per-view was stacked top to bottom, and I can't wait to talk about it. I mean, could you imagine if this had a pre-show that you also had to watch because there were matches in it? Well, technically, uh back in those days they did have it as a pre-show. It was called Sunday Night Heat. Oh, that's right. They did use Heat as the pre-show. I forgot about that. They did. They did. Um, But nothing. I didn't note anything. I didn't go back and watch the Sunday Night Heat leading into WrestleMania X7. Uh, Watching the uh, four hours of WrestleMania was enough for for me. I don't think anything really of note happened on that pre-show. I couldn't see that it would. Yeah. So so what we're going to do, we're going to go over this pay-per-view. Uh, we all sat down and watched it. Um, we'll talk about the three. We'll go deep dive into three of the main storylines. The obvious main event match with Stone Cold Steve Austin fighting the WWE. I think they were WWE. No, they were WWE then. They were, no, they were Fs. They were Fs. Sorry. Yeah, uh, the WWF World Heavyweight Champion, The Rock. Uh, we'll dig deep into their story. Uh, we'll also talk about the Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon backstory. Ooh, uh, ooh, this one fantastic is match. fantastic match. Oh. It's a barn burner. Oh my god! I have a lot to say about that. I about the entire uh, the backstory as uh, for the Shane Shane Vince. I have a lot to say about it. We'll get into it, but there's just so much in Bro. this. Backstory that we'll have to get into. And the third story, uh, the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and Undertaker, were uh, feuding with Triple H and the Big Show, which led to a Undertaker-Triple H match. Uh, that'll be the third main story that we dig into. But we also have to talk about, as Chris mentioned, TLC2 with the Hardys and Edge and Christian and uh, the Dudley Boys. We'll also get into... 
a myriad of other things on this uh, pay-per-view. So uh, I think I'm I'm ready to go. Are you guys ready to go? Oh, I got my notes. I got my notes ready. I'm ready to go. Pilch, you ready to I go? Locked in, loaded, sir. Let's do All this. All right. So WrestleMania X7. Uh, WrestleMania X7 took place in 2001. Uh, from the Reliant Astrodome in Houston, Texas. Uh, attendance was uh, 67,925, most all-time in Astrodome history. And many people consider this to be uh, the best WrestleMania of all time and one of the greatest pay-per-views ever produced. Um. This, like I said, top to bottom, and there were some some missteps with some of the matches in between, but top to bottom, promos, video packages, I think uh, you can't get much better than this, uh, than this pay-per-view. Chris, what do you think? I'm, I'm not sure yet if I'm going to agree or disagree with that. I'm going to hold my answer until we do a couple other WrestleManias because – after watching it, I don't know. I feel like there has to be another WrestleMania that, like, altogether could beat this one. I don't know if this was the greatest WrestleMania. Uh, man, I just um, I have to side with Chris on this one. There's a lot of uh, a lot to be left desired on this WrestleMania for me. Really? Um, a lot of the matches that I was really looking forward to, I felt like were a little short. Um, yeah, it just didn't do it for me. I mean, I, I know it's wildly regarded as one of the best of all time. And, you know, there are matches on here that are absolutely fantastic and they bring the house down. But oh, it, honestly, I... it felt it fell short to me. It fell short. It felt short. I don't I don't know. Uh this the the card is littered with uh Hall of Famers, soon to be Hall of Famers, uh matches that uh that stand up today. I I don't know. We'll we'll see once we get to the end if we feel any differently. Um so the the first note that I have uh for WrestleMania X7 is um the opening with uh, showing the previous Mania moments, it sounded like uh, it was Classy Freddie Blassie reading uh, with the voiceover, but I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, and then also have Paul Heyman, and it's Paul Heyman and Jim Ross on commentary. I was very disappointed by this. Oh, How were super you? disappointed myself. Super disappointed. Me and Coach actually talked about this earlier before we became. Hang on. Uh oh. We've done upset the big dog. You can't tell me that you are disappointed with good old JR and Paul Heyman on commentary. I would have rather heard good old JR and the king. Him and Jerry, I feel like him and Jerry commentary, that's the team. That is the team you want doing any pay-per-view. Right, Chris, I, I, I completely agree. agree with you. I just, you know, I that was part of my huge, like, 
I was so excited to get into this. And then when I saw Paul Heyman, which I like Paul Heyman, I think he's fantastic. But I just thought for sure it was going to be JR and the King. And when it wasn't, I took the wind out of my sails a little bit. Yeah. Just a little, just a tad. Also, I want to comment. Also, I want to comment on uh, Paul Heyman's commentary ability at this point in time. And this wasn't the Paul that I know and love today. It just sounded, he was a little off. Like he felt like he was reading like word for word from a script with everything he said. And I'm sure behind the, behind the curtain of it all, they are reading from a script for the most part or have like points that they have to make. But he sounded like he was saying, Word for word, reading off of a paper that was like just handed to him like ten minutes ago, you know. So well, I think part of it's the fact that he he was wearing a fake ponytail. I don't know if you got that or not. <laughs> maybe but. maybe it was the fake the fake ponytail was itching him and he couldn't concentrate. Maybe that was so, it. I, so my I mean, next was note, point. my next note on the show was Paul Heyman rocking the fake ponytail out of a baseball cap. I thought it was amazing i'm just i can't i just can't co-sign with you guys as far as being disappointed that's fine it's jr and paul Heyman. i'm there's never been a point in my wrestling fandom that i've never been entertained by i've always been entertained by paul Heyman, whether it was dangerous alliance back in the wcw uh, days, whether it was he was running ECW, his many different variations of runs through the WWE, I, I wasn't disappointed by this by any means. Uh, I, I thought that JR was at the peak of his powers in 2000. Oh, yeah, JR can do no wrong. Oh, I, I mean, agree. JR, JR could do no wrong. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe it was because he was still calling himself Paulie Dangerously. Maybe that was it. I don't know. I just, no, he was Paul Heyman then. No, he was Paulie Dangerously. He was Paulie Dangerously? He said he was Paulie Dangerously. It, whatever he wanted to name himself, I just, I can't, I can't go sign with you guys. Just, just Warren, this is the way I look at it, right? Is you go to a nice restaurant, right? You get the, <laughs> they, they put the cloth over the table and you, you've gone here because you, you know that they have the best lobster in the entire world. You go there and you're, you're expecting lobster, right? And what? you sit down, you get it, you get the menu in front of you, and right next to the lobster it says sold out. And you're like, well, what's the next best thing you have? And you go, our steak is fantastic. And you get the steak. And the steak is great. Like, there's nothing wrong with the steak. But the whole time, you can't s- stop thinking about the lobster. And that was what? my problem. Is I wanted the lobster and I got the steak. That's that, that's it. Well, I don't think we're gonna win. I don't think we're gonna win them over on this one. I'm I'm slowly saying words that I can't say on the podcast under my breath. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's move on because I don't want to. I don't. It, this is our this is our first pay per view we're going over. That's right. I don't want to blow the top so early into our our run here on the triple r podcast uh so let's just move on and we'll get to the first matchup it's two of my favorite wrestlers of all time chris jericho 
William Regal for the IC title. Jericho's going over here. He wins off of a uh, he wins off the lion skull. I, I was expecting him, of course, to win off of the walls of Jericho, but that was not the case. Um, uh, Pilch, what do you got for this one? So, um, I, I echo your sentiments here. Uh, Chris Jericho is one of my favorites of all time, and I would also like to say that I think that. This was the perfect match to open up this pay-per-view. Totally because when Y2J's music hit, the pop, it was the biggest pop of the night, in my opinion. And um, it was just absolutely fantastic. Actually, I wrote in my notes that um, it, it it was great from start to finish. You know, Regal worked the shoulder, so we couldn't end it with the walls of Jericho. He had to go to the lion salt, and if I have one criticism for this match, it's it was too short. Which this pay per view seems so long to say that one match is too short sounds ridiculous, but it it really was. So, two the notes that I had on this match: one, WWF always has top notch video packages leading into. To, to pay-per-view matches. I don't know who does it. They always put it together. It's always the... Uh, the cream of the crop! The cream of the crop, and we'll get more the into the cream. The cream. Always. <laughs> um, second is one of my favorite moments, because um, at this point, Regal is the uh, commissioner on Monday Night Raw. Jericho goes into Regal's office on one Monday Night Raw, and there is the uh, P in the T segment where Jericho looks to uh, looks like he's relieving himself in Willie Regal's T. Regal comes into the office not knowing, and obviously takes a sip of the uh, tainted tea, and. Uh, one of the fa- my favorite things about Regal, his facial expressions uh, are always, always top of the line. He can, he could cut a promo, he could whatever convey whatever he's thinking and feeling just by his facial expressions. Doesn't even have to say any words. The match itself, I thought it was a sloppy start. There were a lot of awkward bumps at first, um, where I. I didn't expect it. Like I said, two of my favorite performers, they've always done really good matches, um, but a lot of awkward bumps at first. And then there's a, a Jericho does a dive on the outside to Regal and looks like he almost did a scorpion on the outside where he landed on his neck. Um, right. But uh, yeah, those, those were, I had notes I had Chris, what do you got for this match? Warren, if I could go back real quick, um, yes, I did want to say quick. something a little bit about the backstory, which was, they showed that clip of Jericho jumping Regal. I don't know if it was on a Monday Night Raw or whatever, but he was dressed as Doink the Clown. Yep, I have that which, down here. Do you know the Chris? Do you know the backstory of that? Of why he dresses up as Doink, or why or Doink? Would- why or what happened when he dressed up as Doink the Clown? No. So I. I read an article that like Chris Jericho had like penciled and he said that when he he pitched the idea to Shawn Michaels, right? All this while this WrestleMania was going on, 
this is in like Shawn Michaels like dark days where he was just a fucking alcoholic and out of out yeah. of control. Uh, and he told Jericho that like don't do this, man. He's like, it's going to ruin your career. They're going to make you doink the clown for forever. And Jericho kept telling him, he's like, no, it's like a one night thing. Like, I'm just going to dress up and like shock him. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you're, you're, you're doink the clown for forever after this. He's like, you're fucking ruined. <laughs> <laughs> and Jericho's like, I'm fucking Chris Jericho, dude. Like, that can be doink the clown. <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. Like, I don't know who you are, but like, you're doink the clown now, man. And um, <laughs> It's over for you. I, I would love to see drunk Shawn Michaels just like, no, nope, you're doing like there. That's it, man. You're doing It's like, don't do it. He's like, do you want me to go talk to Vince? And Jericho's like, no, please, please don't talk to Vince. Hey, I was talking to Chris and uh, he, he says he wants to be doing the clown. I don't know. Some, right. some new angle is working. I think at, I, that point, I, at that point, I personally I think, love Jared doing. I thought he was great. Yeah. And I think, uh, the the conversation, uh, if that happened today with Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels having a conversation, and Chris Jericho wanted to revive Doink or revive his his character as Doink, and Michaels is telling him, "No, you're not going to make you Doink forever." He would just call Jericho a stupid idiot. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Just called him a stupid idiot. Uh, my so my notes on this match, um. I would say the the lead up to this match was actually the best part. Uh, was not really satisfied with the payoff match, um, but I really liked the vignette. Everything from um, you know Jericho peeing in the coffee, Jericho dressing up as Doink, Regal putting Jericho in all these crazy you know two on ones and and triple threats and blah blah blah, just impossible. Impossible matches for Jericho to win. Um, and I will say that during the match, Regal pulled out an oldie but a goodie. And I am I I I wish they would bring this back and more people would do it. He takes the the pad off of the turnbuckle in the corner. They never the old turnbuckle removal is what oh, I, I love. I love a good turnbuckle <laughs> pad removal. Um but they never had the payoff of it. They never used it. It never no, came back. They never used it. And which I was a little disappointed by. But I was like, I got when I saw that, I was like, ooh, I haven't seen it's like when you see somebody get like tied up in the ropes. It's like, oh, they're doing the tie up in the ropes. I haven't seen this since uh, you know, Jake made my bit uh, you know, bit the snake on Macho Man. You know, you know what I mean? It's like a it's a nice throwback. Um and then I also have here. I don't. I don't remember exactly what it was referring to, but I wrote "suplex botches?" Question mark. Some there was some. Oh. I thought there might have been a botch in there with a suplex. Oh, I don't okay. remember who was giving who. I didn't write that. I just wrote "suplex botches?" Question mark. That was well. It. The the ending was really rushed, Chris. I I thought. Um, yeah. Well, I felt also felt like um, Regal was losing a step. Like he didn't have, you know, he just Regal seemed very sluggish in the match. A lot of lazy kickouts. A lot of, you know, I don't know. I just he, he was happy. It looked like Regal was having a hard time, and Jericho was carrying him for the most part. Which I mean, right. obviously, you would think that because Jericho's a little you know, younger, and you know, Regal's on a little on the older side. But I don't know. I don't know. This match Ooh, was the bell has sounded. The bell has sounded. 
um yeah so that was that was definitely what i noticed um and was surprised by the the fact that as good of workers as those two are jericho and william regal that it there were just a lot of sloppy uh moments in there but jericho uh moves on gets the w um and retain retain the ic title correct yes he did retain the ic retain the ic title now next match the right to censor uh, taking on Taz in the APA. An- another match with uh, a lot of people that I like. Big fan of Taz. Big fan of APA. And um, also a pretty big fan of right to censor. Um, you like right to censor? Oh. I- so, so I was... I, at that time in 2001, I was a, a, a ECW fan. I was staying up till one in the morning to try and find it and be disappointed when it wasn't beyond for whatever reason. Um, so I'd always been a fan of Steven Richards. And I think this was his absolute best gimmick that he was able to do. Um, it put him with Bull Buchanan and... Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Bull Buchanan. It was The Godfather, and it was, um, and it was Val. Again, yeah, was I think Bull was there. He just Bull just Bull was wasn't in the match. It, no, he was in it's the match. interesting because I wrote Godfather, Val Venus, and two other guys. Question mark. So, <laughs> that was um, takeaways from right to center. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, right to center, I thought was uh, was Steve Richards' best gimmick. Um, Taz and APA are also always a very, they're all hard hitting, uh, guys. APA would lay the wood on anybody. Um, it was a quick match. And outside of that, not much really going on. Uh, Chris, what do you got for this? I have two notes. Um, I know you love Taz Warren, but he looked gassed the entire time. I got two ropes botches for Taz. Uh, could not run the ropes to save his life, and he got out of there so fast. Like, if you blinked, you missed his time in the morning. And then the rest is just APA saves the day. Uh, you know, Farouk comes in. Um, I would have really liked to see a Farouk by himself spine buster on somebody. But they we got a, oh, we got a, a, a tandem one with him and Bradshaw um, giving, I believe it was... Uh, Val Venus giving him a spine buster and then the most vicious clothesline from Bradshaw. Also, I would like to point out Bradshaw's um his promo before the match, getting hyped up, you know, talking to Farouk and Jackie back in the in the APA uh uh you know at the APA card table. He was real jacked about being in the Astrodome. And, oh, man, we got to do this. This is where burp, 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 I got fired. I was ready to go out there and, and kick some. You know, I, 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 was, I walked out of the house. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's do this, man. I'm like, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, Bradshaw got me fired up and then kind of a, you know, it's a kind of match. So, you know. It was definitely a, a not much to it match. I mean, they they did what they had to do. It wasn't long. It wasn't really anything of note. Everybody got their stuff in, and that was that. Yeah. Uh, Pilch, what do you got for this match? Um, you know, I I disagree with Chris like almost entirely here. 
you know, I didn't like the the promo being from Texas. I thought it was a little contrived. You know, I mean, he said a bunch Big of like, words. like what we do in Texas. And I'm like, I don't do any of those things. So, <laughs> well, you're not a real Texan. Yeah, you're definitely here. a transplant to Texas. <laughs> uh, I actually thought, you know, and this might surprise both of you. I thought Jacqueline was actually the highlight of the match. Uh, the DDT she hit was fantastic. Um, I'm also a giant Taz fan. I love Taz. Love his promo work. I think he's great in the ring. I I thought he looked out of place in this match. I really did. Oh, yeah. It, this, this was the APA show through and through. The APA was there to get their or APA was there to go over and everyone else was there just to like hold time. That was it. Um, I, you know, the Meltzer scale on this particular match was half star and not that I always agree with it, but it, it holds true here. Taz with two Z's was not longed for this world uh, in the WWF. I don't remember how many more matches he had after this one. Um, I knew it wasn't, wasn't too long until they transitioned into a commentator, and he's really turned it into a. Um, I think he's a fantastic commentator. Oh yeah, oh for yeah. sure. No one's discrediting that. He found yeah. found second life there. I just it as a you know someone who's known, seen him in his ECW glory days. It was like, uh, this is like this is your WrestleMania, and like this is what we get, like. Ah, like why couldn't we where's the human suplex machine right. you know that's what i wanted to see but you know such is life he was yeah he was, he, was so, an uh, he really was like they it almost felt like was, they needed someone to fill in and he he definitely was he's like i said he the way he came in uh there was a lot of hype around it with uh debuting on survivor series fighting kurt angle in new york city big huge pop but it just kind of went uh, real meh after that and just didn't really pan out to what you would have expected seeing him from ECW being the human suplex machine and whatnot. Uh, let's move on to the next match. It is the hardcore title match with Raven, the big show, and Kane. Can you ring the bell? Uh, Kane. Did I ring the bell? I didn't ring the bell that time, but I just kind of moved on myself. Can you can you ring it though? Can I ring it? <laughs> No, I feel better. Okay. <laughs> oh, glad I can make you feel better. Um, oh, by the way, I don't know if we mentioned it uh, the first time around, but Taz and APA got the the win in that previous match. Uh, hardcore title match: Raven, Big Show, Kane. Uh, two notes that I had real quick: uh, the cameraman was having a tr- having a lot of trouble getting through the crowd to film the action as they were making their way back towards the the ramp area or just to the side of the ramp, but it's, this was just a typical two thousands, uh, hardcore match. That was, uh, more walking than anything strategically placed weapons here and there. Uh, I'm all for a hardcore match. Um, there's other matches on this card that use weapons more naturally. This one just felt really forced. Um, Big Show was driving on a golf cart. I love that. Fantastic. I love that spot. That was the cool. best part of the whole match. <laughs> nothing in this match really just 
grabbed me and and made me interesting and it kane gets the win and walks out of wrestlemania as the hardcore champion uh pilch what do you have for this match uh, you know i don't want to spend a lot of time on this match so i'm gonna write give you my two notes that i had uh one was yeah. stephanie's stupid hair yeah, Crinkle cutting her hair uh, in 2001 was definitely not her best look. No. It was all. like her bad girl phase. Yeah, it was it, a bad girl phase. It was awful. And the second note I had was uh, Young Tuxedo Coach looked pretty good. So, yeah, that's pretty much. I have no notes on that. The was match. Those were my two notes. So, must be that's I, got, I only got three notes on the match. That's fine. Chris, what do you have for the match? Uh, my first note said, where did Raven go? Oh, there he is. And when they were moving through the crowd, it, some, they got, you know, Raven got lost in the shuffle trying to fight through, or maybe Raven was just that much better than just, Big Show and Kane getting through the crowd. Cause for a while he was gone and we're like, where in the world? And I think even the announcer, uh, or Jim, uh, JR or Paul Heyman said something like, Hey, where's Raven? And then all of a sudden he jumps out when they were heading towards the back and like hit somebody with something. I think that is the perfect way to describe uh, Raven's career outside of ECW is just lost in the shuffle. I also have a, who's going to fix that drywall um, from the spot where Kane and the big show throw each other through the wall. This is what I was talking about. I'm sure. I don't even think the, the Astrodome is still standing. It's not. It's right. They, 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 yeah, they, they knocked it down. But I am sure if you went there on a random June Thursday night where the Astros were playing, you could walk the entire stadium and not find that, that drywall. They built that. That was set. That was set. They made that. And that's what I mean. You don't. If you want to do a hardcore match, Webbin's fine. But just this was just so like, okay, now we have to go here. Oh, now we have to do this this uh, golf yeah. cart spot. Oh, here's a random rune that somebody's got to go through the wall. Yeah. Just it's too planned. It doesn't seem natural. It, I just didn't need it. It's very also dry. there is a um, a uh, a sound bite that I want to make into a new drop, and it's uh, a when they're fighting next to the. Uh, food table, uh, you know, somebody cleared it, and then uh, JR goes, Oh, there goes the Snapple. <laughs> and I thought that was, I had a real good chuckle at that one. I Before our next podcast, that will be a drop. Oh boy, it was really good. But uh, that's, uh, there's nothing much else we got to really talk about in that match. So we'll just. <laughs> Move on to uh, one of my favorite championships from back in 2001, the European title match with Eddie Guerrero taking on Test. I just, there's nothing uh, that talks about just being than Test to me. Anyways, I always thought Test was going to be fake Diesel, a.k.a. Kevin Nash. Um, just never, never bought into it. Um, there was also a, uh, there, oh, Chris, there was a mention, you mentioned the fo- uh, somebody getting caught in a rope spot. I don't know if it was planned, but there was oh, a, a Test's foot, uh, foot got caught up in the rope. 
caught foot caught in a rope spot um, that you don't see much nowadays. Um, Eddie Guerrero gets the win here uh, with help from uh, Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn. They were uh, part of the radicals at the time. Uh, Chris, Chris, what do you got for this match? Uh, So for this match, I got, I do have the test get stuck. And I also have um, my my dear lovely wife, uh, Kara Lee. Her quote of the match, Test, that's a dumb name. Um, <laughs> I agree, Kara. <laughs> that is the uh, shots fired right there. And then, uh, uh, I also have written down, uh, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So I'm sure, and I, uh, at, right after that, classic Eddie. So I'm sure Eddie Eddie did something in the match. I think he hit him with the title or something like that to, to get the win. Yeah, that was when the, the actually hit him, I think. And that's what I was like, I was uh, kind of caught I thought he was going to do the old uh, fake it, you know. Yeah, the distraction came down with Malenko and Saturn and... He had the title, hit him, hit test, and and knocked him out. Pilch, what do you got for this? Uh, Warren, I would like to read through my notes line by line, if that's okay with you. Yeah, uh, we have plenty of time. All right. So, uh, note number one, I wrote uh, weird ass Perry Saturn. Not really sure why I wrote that, but I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, he was wearing a dumb hat. That's what it was. <laughs> Second note was uh, Tess sucks with an X. <laughs> so you have to, since this is 2001, you have to write Tess sucks and you have to spell sucks with an S. Right. With an X, sorry. Uh, third note was uh, Eddie Guerrero, Mexican European champion? Question mark. Like, is that legal? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, fourth note was Perry Saturn's hat. Question mark? Why? Second question mark? I think the question you really should ask, especially when it comes with Barry Saturn, is why not? Uh, third note was Tilto Yawn Slam. So it must have been a really bad Tilto World Slam. And then uh, my last note was Eddie and Perry Saturn's weird hat? Question mark. So that's pretty much what I thought about this match. Is it's all about Perry Saturn wasn't even in the match. It's all about Perry Saturn and that weird hat. I'm I'm writing in my uh my notes in my phone right now. Uh, get Pilch a Perry Saturn hat for Christmas. Oh, I'm hey, sure it's available in all Spencer's gifts. It's, it's available everywhere. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm guaranteeing guarantee that. I actually have one last note. Um, Okay. Now, this is our first look at uh, blonde-tipped Michael Cole, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> was that was frosted-tipped Michael Cole in the uh, the the Mick Foley promo? I don't think so. I mean, I, I mean, he might have been, but it was the first time I noticed it. Was you know he was doing a whole in sync vibe, which you know I appreciate. It. it was you know the times, but. So uh, let me let me ring the bell just to make sure Pilch feels better. So then my next note was uh, was the Mick Foley cheap hop 
which always equals dollar signs uh, wherever he is. I wasn't sure if he was going to get to it. I don't remember if he was doing it at this time or if he was like really trying to sell it, but he got to it. He always gets to his stuff. Uh, so he'll, he'll always win with that. Um, let's get to probably the, the match I looked forward to the most was Kurt Angle, who was even then in 2001 was a wrestling machine against the other machine, uh, Chris Benoit. Oh, he can't say his name. Can't say his name three times, he'll come to your house and kill your kids. Yeah, thank God you're not. <sighs> yeah, thank you, thank you, thank the Lord. Um, so like I said, this one, uh, probably was the match I was looking forward to the most, especially in 2001. And then I don't know what happened, it was just kind of meh. There were- I have, I have two notes. Okay, so I'm gonna have to tell you to wait your turn. Um, I'm just saying, I want you to just. I'm just saying, you just just said one of my notes. That's all I was gonna say. (laughs) So yeah, so that was one of my notes as well. Uh, It was just kind of very meh. I was I was expecting more. I was expecting. uh, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting more from the match. Um, But I'm gonna throw it to Pilch first because I know that you and me share notes. So let's go. uh, Let's go, Pilch. Uh, yeah, so the interesting he- thing I took here is, uh, Kurt Angle was heel in this match, I- or was he trying to be heel? Uh, you know, I-, I don't know. Um, so early, early Kurt Angle, uh, was, he was a heel, but he didn't know it. That's what is it, that's what it was. He was right. So when, when he came in, he was supposed to be, you know, the Olympic gold medalist and, uh, three eyes and all that stuff, and the audience hated it. So then he just leaned into it and said, "Okay, right. this is the kind of heel I'm gonna be." Right. I, you know, my first note was Kurt Angle hates Texas. I mean, okay, good for you. Um, <laughs> this was also our first uh, mention of the heart dungeon of the evening, which you know mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. to come with every pay per view, obviously. Uh, you know, I thought. Chris Benoit dominated a, a good portion of this match, which was a little surprising, in my opinion. Um, totally agree with that. You know, and I think Kurt is still a fresh face. I don't right. think he's been uh, he's been in too long. Like he was even when I think Taz came in the two thousand Survivor Series. Kurt Angle was still a handful of matches in, undefeated, but a handful of matches in and wasn't uh, so even fast forward to 2001. This is still very early, early, early WWF Kurt Angle. Right. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of ma- notes on this match because I don't really remember it. And when I went back and did a little research on the whole pay-per-view, this match actually, believe it or not, got a four and a half star on the Meltzer scale. And I, for one, shocked. I just, yeah, I don't know why it's just so unmemorable. I think the four and a half might come from uh, Meltzer's love affair of anything that comes from Japan and Benoit being 
you know, making a, a, a good name for himself over there. Uh, I think that gave it the boost that it needed. Like I said, I I love watching both of these guys fight. I expected this match to be more. That wasn't four and a half, or that wasn't for anything kind of stars. No, I I completely agree. If you ask me one thing that happened that match, I I couldn't tell you. There's just nothing memorable that sticks out. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of quality, good mat wrestling. It just if that's and that's, I'm all, if that's all you have, then it's it falls short. It should have been it should have been a five star match, and it was forgettable. I am I am I co-sign with Matt Wrestling all the time in any era, and this is that's exactly what it 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 should have been, but it just it just missed the mark here. Um, let's move on. Next match is not. We're not going to have much notes about this match. It's the women's titles match <laughs> between. China and China. It's got nothing on that match, but it's fantastic. There's a rousing course of booze there. Um, I have so Pilch, you don't have anything. On which on the next match. On this, on this wrestling, on this wrestling match, on this uh, women's title match. Oh, I have, I have two things. Okay, let's let's go with you first, because I have. I'll read my note. Nothing to note at all. <laughs> so you noted that there was nothing to note. Yes. Very nice. Okay, right, Pilch, so let's go. I have two. I have two. Uh, two things. The first one being that you know when I did my post research, this got a negative star. On the Meltzer scale, which I agree with, it was terrible. Uh, the second one, which this is something that actually really bothers me about WWE WWF, is that they do this thing a lot where the champion comes out first, and I know it happened in the Jericho Regal match, and I I understand why because the Y two J music hits, it gets a big pop to start the pay per view, but I do not like the champion coming out first. I just you know, call me old school, but I just don't like it. I I agree with you there. I think it matters less nowadays because most of the title matches now they'll do the introductions in a ring. When right. they were still doing the introductions to call and then while during their entrance, um yeah, it just made more sense for the champion to come out second. Uh Chris, what do you have, if anything? Uh, here is my one note on this match. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, I that, think that's about it. I think it'll be uh, uh, unanimous with us for us to hand out our first award. The don't buy any unripe bananas yet, because you won't live to eat them. Yeah. The Ripe Bananas Award to just this match just had nothing at all in it. It was short. It was almost painful to look at, and just just nothing. As much as there was nothing to note about, or less note about the Kurt Angle Benoit match, this one literally had nothing that we really need to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It was just let's next, next, next. Yeah. 
we get into one of our big matches of the three. It I is, have a lot to say about this match. <laughs> it is the Shane McMahon versus Mr. McMahon street fight. Um, let's dig into the backstory first. And so much of this backstory would not oh. play in 2020. I don't think it played so whatever this aired. It Can was I just awful. say? Can it, I just say? Go ahead. This was what year was this again? 2001. You said this was 2001. So okay, 2001. I was a I was a freshman in high school. I can't believe that we I got away with watching what was happening with this. Like I watched we watched Raw every week religiously chris this this was march of 2001 so you were finishing up your eighth grade year as i was finishing up my senior year i was in eighth grade i was in eighth grade okay okay so so even so even then like i can't believe we were allowed to watch this as children because it is complete nonsense like this this (laughs) i mean take Take the wrestling out of it. Take the wrestling out of it. Okay. Just imagine if you heard this story as a person in the world, (laughs) a rich guy tells his wife, I want a divorce. Then she goes comatose. And then he wheels her around in a wheelchair, making her watch him uh, uh, sexually abuse an employee, like in front of her face. Like, it's the craziest storyline that I can think of, like, unless we watch something later, you know, throughout this podcast. But this is the craziest thing. <laughs> so, so much that I had seen throughout uh, watching the backstory and reading it and uh, and jotting notes down for it made me say a lot of what? <laughs> Just a whole bunch. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and run through uh, this. It's gonna get weird, folks. So just bear with us. Um, so it starts out in uh, December of 2000, where Vince was not pleased with uh, WWE WWF Commissioner Mick Foley at the time and his decision to hold a six man Hell in a Cell match uh, at Armageddon. Um, so even though uh, even though Foley was given full support from CEO Linda McMahon, he demands this aforementioned divorce from Linda shortly after Armageddon. And uh, Linda is rushed to the hospital after suffering a nervous breakdown. That is only the start. <laughs> Vince assumes the role of CEO from the board of directors and promptly fires Mick Foley from his duties. Oh, man. <clears throat> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> TV in a comatose like state. And Vince begins a extremely public affair with one Trish Stratus. <sighs> Might I say Trish was at the peak of her powers here in 2001. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, that's not up for debate, I don't think. Now Stephanie McMahon is all but pleased with the affair and fought Trish at the 2001 No Way Out. Stephanie wins after William Regal interference, after some William Regal interference. February 26th, Raw, Vince 
and Trish versus Stephanie and William Regal. Vince and Regal turn on Trish after the match uh, and dump. Oh, I'm sorry. Steph was involved in this, too, and dumped sewage onto Trish Stratus. In the weeks to come, Trish is tr- uh, Vince continues to demean Trish by having her bark like a dog, stripped down to her lingerie in the middle of the ring. And despite this, Trish remained loyal to Vince and begged for his forgiveness. Yeah. March 12th, Raw, Shane returns to the World Wrestling Federation to go after his father because of his actions of late. And Shane cuts a promo on the following SmackDown stating that he was angry over Vince manipulating Stephanie, his mother, Linda's current state, and also the treatment of Trish uh, on TV. March 26th, a... The March 26th Raw was probably the one of the biggest Raws ever was the on-screen acquiring of WCW where Shane shows up in Panama City, Florida, announces that he is the one that signed the contract to buy WCW. Later that night, McFoley shows up to reveal that Linda had appointed Mick Foley to be the referee for the match at WrestleMania before her uh, comatose-like state and also gave him the power to choose the stipulation for the fight between him and Shane. And of course, in Mick Foley fashion, he chooses a street fight. Ah, just, I just didn't understand how how that played like i said it wouldn't play in 2020 mm-hmm. uh, we don't know how it would even played in 2001 uh the two other notes that i had in the match um shane had to get his prototypical diving spot through the spanish announce table and also i think this was the first time that shane did the coast to coast drop kick with the garbage can into uh into uh, his dad. And Shane is the one that gets the victory in this match. Chris. Yes. Four myriad of notes. Oh, man. Well, listen. I mean, really, I just wanted to talk about the lead up to the match. My notes were more about the lead up. I just thought this whole storyline was the most craziest thing that I've ever seen in my life. And I... I <laughs> It's just ha- trying to explain to Kara why this woman was at ringside in a wheelchair and having her f- like looking at the expression on her face when I'm saying it like, yeah, this is just like, this is what it was. And she's just like, who, what is that really his wife? Or is it is she like acting? I'm like, no, that's really his wife. And it's just like, why would she go along with it? I never that thought never crossed my mind in my 30 something years like never did i think like how did he get linda to go along with, like how did he pitch this how did he pitch it to linda be like well listen this is what we're gonna do we're gonna put you in a wheelchair you're gonna be in like a coma okay and you're just gonna watch me like kiss and like touch up and make this girl like kiss my butt like in the ring like it'll be real great and like linda just had to be like 
all right, you're the wrestling guy. Like, okay. <laughs> and she just had to go along with it. It's for, her, for her to sit there and see all that and not emote at all. Oh, is- yeah. I also have uh, my other note is what is going through Linda's mind? Like, while she, because she did a really good job at like all this chaos, all this nonsense is happening around her. And she's just sitting there, like, you know, 100 yard stare. And it was just like, what could she possibly be thinking about? <laughs> like, what is going on in her head? Uh, and then I uh, also had a so long Spanish announce table. Spanish announce table was destroyed in this match. I thought it was weird that they destroyed it in this match and not the hardcore match a couple matches earlier, or, or they didn't save it for matches coming up. But it does come back. Oh, it, does- it comes back. It comes back. All right. Pilch, what do you got for this match? Oh man, I hated this match. Um, just this whole what's the hate? This what's whole, the hate? This whole thing makes me so uncomfortable. What? <laughs> it's just hot take. It just—I mean, you know—I've never been a giant Shane McMahon fan, and I know this might catch me some flack, but. Uh, he, in in this scenario, he's he's got to be the most over baby face of all time, right? Like he he is literally watching his catatonic mother watch <laughs> his father molest a younger one. Like what the fuck? Like yeah, it's crazy. It is insane. Like when you say it out loud, Pilch, it's like oh, what am I saying? <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make any sense. I just I you know. Wrestling is so good, guys. <laughs> like this is just utter, utter nonsense. You know, next time somebody next time somebody asks me, "Oh, why do you watch wrestling?" This is what I'm going to tell them. I, this is the match. I, I would like explain. to talk about my notes on air, but I feel like I will never be able to get a job ever again. So I'm just not going to. <laughs> um, so for. For, for your sake, Pilch, we'll just uh, ring the bell. I, I do want to say before we move on to the next match, even after the bell, is I did like the fact that uh, the No Chance in Hell intro music played twice. I think it's a great intro. Yeah, they have the same music. This is before his, uh, Here Comes the Money. I was surprised by that. I don't remember when he started here, when they started the Here Comes the Money theme. I, I, I can't remember. I didn't look. I think it was when. Um, Mean Street, right? When he had uh, uh, the uh, the guy vest. Posse was before this. Oh, they were before the. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. That would have been a good time to 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 use that theme. I guess it didn't happen then. Well, I guess it it didn't happen then because they both used uh, no chance. Um, but yeah, that was that was something I thought was uh, was surprising. Now. This was, uh, if you weren't waiting to see the Kurt Angle and Benoit match, or if you weren't waiting to see Jericho and Regal, definitely waiting to see TLC two for the World Tag Team Titles with the Dudleys, the Hardys, Edge and Christian. All three teams here are at the peak of their powers. Um, this era for 
tag teams was so good. Oh, it's okay. We had APA. Uh, say what you will about right to censor, but that was a legitimate tag team. Um, and it and so many been, others could have been a legitimate tag team. They botched it. But um, yeah, yeah. Tomato, tomato. I guess. Um, uh, Edge and Christian get the win here. Um, the two notes that I have. Edge's spear off of the ladder with Jeff Hardy. I'm sure if you are a wrestling fan, you have seen this spot. Wow. Oh, yeah. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I saw the setup and all that stuff. Okay, I'm saying to myself, here's the spot. And it's still to this day, wow, is the first thing that I think of. And Edge and Christian always seem to manage to find a way to win matches like this. I want to say the prequel to TLC, which was at WrestleMania 2000, the uh, the three-way team ladder match with these same three teams. I want to say Edge and Christian won that match as well. Um, But Edge and Christian get the victory here. Uh, Let's start off with Pilch here. What do you have for TLC 2? So, I know we had talked about this beforehand, and, you know, this match is great. Like, it really is. It's, uh, you know, we have six of the best superstars in WWE at the time. We have arguably three of the best tag teams of all time. Um, what was weird to me is I kept focusing on interesting things here. Like, I, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but, like... I. I'm 100% sure Jeff Hardy was wearing tuxedo shoes during this entire match. <laughs> no, he, he had those boots. They had like the white tops to them. Yeah. I yeah. know what you mean. White, white spats or something like that on it. Yeah. No, and like they weren't like, you know, your average Hardy boys, like, you know, sneakers with like the, the camo print, like, you know, cargo pants. And it, it kind of threw me off the whole time because I just kept thinking, like, why the. F- is Jeff Hardy wearing tuxedo shoes? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know how many quaaludes he was on that night? <laughs> no, I, I, I would like to think that this was pre-heavy uh, narcotic uh, Jeff Hardy. I would yeah. like to think. So my, my big note here is, and it's probably not going to be very popular, but um, I love tables, love ladders. I just think that chairs are kind of stupid like you know i don't think that's controversial at all i feel the same way coach i i think that uh you know if you want to put all these all three of these teams in a hardcore tables or even just a fucking ladder match it would be fantastic but um you know to throw that the the chair stipulation there i just feel like is unnecessary um Mm -hmm. and then i think it's hard I think it's hard for us to – sorry to cut you off. I think it's hard for us to look at chair shots from 2001 today right. and see them now and not think all the information that we have now with head trauma and CTE, um, it'll, those, those chair shots that they're, they're given then would, would definitely make anyone uh, – anyone with a brain cringe. Mm-hmm. Um. And like like I was saying, my last note is, I, you know, I think the Dudley Boys are fantastic. 
Um, I think they're a great tag team. And the only thing I could think of was that the Dudley boys are such a good parallel to the Nasty boys. And they're just, they, they, they took that gimmick and just ran with it. it Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't, you don't, you don't upset the big bear. You upset the big guy. No way. You were going to compare the Dudley boys who are probably the most decorated tag team of all times to the nasty boys. Not no disrespect to the nasty boys, total fan of the nasty boys, but you can't put those two teams in the same breath. I, I, I think you can. I think they took the same sort of gimmick and just made it that much better. There's no way you can put two and two together like that. I, I think you can. I mean, go back and look at old Nasty Boys pay-per-views. I mean, they, they it's a similar kind of gimmick. Just the Dudley Boys just did it. Like, the Nasty Boys are like a C-minus, right? D-plus. Like, you know, they, they barely passed. Where I think the Dudley Boys are A-plus. I'd give the nasty boys a full a full C plus, full C plus. The Dudley boys won titles wherever they went. I, WWE. That's what I'm saying. I think they took the same sort of gimmick and just made it much better. That's all I'm saying. No, 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 that's not even the same gimmick. Did you did you see their work in ECW? Warren, we're just gonna have to disagree on this one, man. I'm sorry. I think, I think they're similar. I don't, I don't, I don't see how they're similar, but the Dudley boys are one of my, probably my favorite tag team of all time. I, I don't um, discredit that. I think they're fantastic. I just think they took, yeah. I think the Dudley boys laid the, or the Dudley boys, the nasty boys laid the groundwork and the Dudleys just took it to, they, they launched in the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, now that I'm calm, <laughs> we'll continue. Did you have any other uh, any other notes from this match? Uh, yeah. Listen, first of all, not, Chris. First of all, top of the match, Christian takes a a very hard bump to the outside, direct straight outside. Doesn't land through a table. Nothing. Just goes from top of the ladder, falls off, hits the ground yeah. to the outside. Very hard bump. Uh, just wanted to point that out, Christian. Thank you for sacrificing your body and all you've done. Uh, <laughs> then I have a run-in after run-in. We had a lot of interference in this match, uh, you know, which is allowed because it's all no disqualification. Um, Rhino gores everyone, uh, starts handing out gores left and right. Uh, I wrote, uh, can Lita's thong get any higher? Uh, she had that thing up to her shoulders, man. I'm talking Borat style. Uh quote of the match. Uh, she's going to get a yeast infection if she doesn't get that thong out of there. We're going to have to. We're going to have to make uh, a Kara a drop of some kind. <laughs> we got to get a Kara drop. We got to get a Kara drop of some kind. Kara yeah, was very worried about uh, Lita's uh, vaginal area oh, getting no, a yeast honey, infection. Your badge. Uh, let me hang on a second. Let me, let me, let me, let me, that was great. 
Who? Um, uh, what else do I have here? Oh, I did a countdown to the spear off of the ladder. Always a great spot to watch. Loved it. It you know it deserves to be replayed. However, I might have a hot take. The very next spot after the spear, the mat and Bubba through the four tables to the outside. I think that might be a bigger spot. I think it might be a better spot than the spear off the ladder. That was a great spot. I wouldn't. I don't disagree. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say better. Um, I would say it's forgotten, and it's a big, big spot, and should get should get as much play as the ladder, the ladder spot. Yeah. And I think that, it, it, and that's what I um, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I didn't realize this happened right after the spear. And you would think that one would have taken the glory, but the spear for some reason it just it just it, it's I don't know it's, it's so high up, about it. That's that's the reason. But but I think the fall through the tables outside was higher than the spear actually was. But it, it might have had something to do with him way, hanging dude. from the belt. And that is definitely high because it's going to the outside of the ring. It's definitely higher. Uh, I mean, it's definitely not. He called it. Definitely um, my favorite match of the night. Um, I think we're going to give this one the The cream of the crop. Cream of the crop award. Absolutely. Absolutely. For this pay-per-view match of the night by by far. By far. Um, The next in in. In booking a show for wrestling over the years, you're going to have high spot matches and then you're going to have cool down matches. This by far is a cool down match. Uh, The gimmick battle royal, this is littered with uh, different gimmicks and people from our childhood, from... Hillbilly Jim to the goon to Doink the Clown, Duke the Dumpster Drosy. Uh, I think Harvey Whippleman might have been around. Uh, Kamala was in there. Or if you don't uh, mind, I can uh, I can go through the whole list as they came out. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's um, yeah, let's go, Pilch. Pilch, you can go through the whole list uh, of who was in the match, and uh, we'll go from there. So on the mic was uh, Brian and Brian the Brain Heaton, if I'm not mistaken, and me and Gene. <laughs> it's Bobby the Brain Heaton. Yeah, whatever. Bobby the Brian. And uh, <laughs> the Bushwhackers came out first, uh, then Duke the Dumpster, then the Iron Sheik, then Earthquake, then the Goon, Doink. Kamala, the Repo Man, Jim Cornette with the tennis Repo. racket, obviously. Nikolai Volkov, uh, Michael Hayes mm-hmm. of the Three Birds. Mm-hmm. Old One Man Gang. I forgot he was in the yeah. And then my personal favorite, the Gobbly Gooker, came out. Oh, yeah. I remember that Survivor Series. And oh, the yeah. lead up to that is like, this oh, fucking egg. Yeah. What's in the egg? And this, it was this guy, this guy in a turkey suit. It's like that's it. Like I thought it was some, I don't know. That's it. I remember yeah. being like oh, five and just like mm, I don't know. This is kind of stupid. <laughs> but whatever. 
And then it was a tugboat, who was great. Hillbilly Jim, Brother Love, and Sergeant Slaughter. So I have some things. First, a lot of fun. Great seeing all those guys come out. Very nostalgic. Uh, Very nostalgic. Very nostalgic. The only, my only bugaboos, my only bugaboos is one, one man gang should have came out as Akeem the uh, the African Dream. Okay. Two. (laughs) Two. Um, I would have really liked to see a confrontation between Tugboat and Earthquake because as some people may know, some may not know, Tugboat and Earthquake were once tag team partners. Uh, uh, Tugboat turned on Hulk Hogan to join Earthquake and became Typhoon, and they were the natural disasters. So I would have really liked to see something play into that, like somewhere during the match, but they didn't really have any um, like spots in the match. It was just like all the old guys come out, get your cheers, and then get out of the ring as quickly and safely as you possibly can. And uh, then it was then it was over. So the funny thing that was it. The funny thing about this match, Warren, is uh, Chris and I were talking on the phone this morning, and he asked me what I thought about the pay per view, and I was like, "Oh, I thought it was okay. It was a little long for my taste." And uh, he goes, "Did you watch it when you were younger?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "What do you remember?" And I was like, "The only match I remember was the gimmick battle royale." <laughs> I remember the winner, which was the Iron Sheik. So when the then, Iron Sheik. Did win this match. I know he did. It's the only one I remember. <laughs> let's uh, let's go down to the Iron Sheik right now to see what he has to say after winning the gimmick battle royal. Russia number one, number one, USA. Thank you very much, Iron Sheik. Fantastic. Uh, he could cut a promo. Let's like go with our, our field correspondent, Iron Sheik. Iron- <laughs> A fantastic and, and you can really you can literally ask him anything uh that you want um not that this is a a political vehicle or anything but what do you think about the election iron cheek Th- thank you very much thank you very much let's go on it's our second a uh, big match uh, that we're getting into is The Undertaker uh, taking on Triple H. Uh, the backstory for this also involved uh, Kane in the big show, kind of, but they just did the hardcore match. We already talked about that earlier on. So let's uh, let's run through this. After Triple H beats Austin at the 2001 No Way Out, Triple H feels like he deserves to be in the main event of WrestleMania due to him due to him having beaten everyone, including The Rock and Austin. The Undertaker obviously takes exception to it to the statement and mentions that he had never beat uh, Triple H never beat The Undertaker, and this would be their first ever one on one pay per view match. February 26th, Raw, the uh, Triple H ambushes The Undertaker before a hardcore title match against The Big Show. Kane comes out for the save, but he's also attacked by The Big Show. March 1st, SmackDown, Taker tries to break into the limo of Triple H and Stephanie when uh, they arrived into the arena. 
Triple H is arrested before he could get, or it's not Triple H arrested. Undertaker was arrested before he can get to Triple H. Uh, and then Taker was also given a restraining order to stay away from Stephanie. So if he's got a restraining order, he'll send Kane. Kane is sent to uh get a hold of Stephanie and he, uh on the following raw. Um he uh they take Stephanie, hold her for ransom in a, some random balcony in the arena, and uh the commissioner William Regal is forced to uh give Kane and Undertaker matches at WrestleMania X7 against the big show and triple H respectively. Uh Regal would then add Raven uh to the hardcore match uh just so that he would take the pin and lose, I guess. Uh notes for this match. Uh, Chris, why don't you go first with this one? Because I have, uh, I got a handful. Okay. Uh, first note, Motorhead performs. Sweet. Uh, I have a Spanish announce table to Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Uh, because the Spanish announce table for the second time of the night gets destroyed. Um, I also have, uh, this match makes me sad for Taker. And I'm not sure why I wrote that. <laughs> I don't remember why. I'm sure there was a reason, but for some reason I was sad for The Undertaker in that match. Oh, I know why. Because he looked so good in this match. He looked, you know, he's hitting the ropes, he's taking these bumps, he just looks so good. And like to see him wrestle now is like, oh, I miss this one. I miss this Taker. I miss the vibrant, like, he still got it, you know. And it, that's why this match made me sad for Taker. Uh, also, Jim Ross had a quote uh, in this match that I thought was really good. It was when uh, the referee had got incapacitated somehow in the match, and Undertaker had him had a uh, Triple H pinned, and he said, the, "You could count to three, thirty-three, or tomorrow." And it, I just thought that was really funny <laughs> because the ref was out and it didn't matter. Oh, jeez. Uh, Pilch, what do you got? Um, I wrote that this is the uh, Limp Biscuit versus Motorhead match. Uh, it's a street fight. This is the beginning of Undertaker's streak, as far as I know. I mean, I think it's the first time it started being mentioned that when he was eight, no. Um, I didn't like the fact that the announcers kept saying Triple H was a finesse guy. I thought that was a little weird. Because, I mean, the Triple H I know is just this big, brawly, like, kind of, you know, the game. And, you know, to call him a finesse guy, I thought was a little strange. Um, I did notice that there's a <laughs> there's this one sign that kept showing throughout the entire match. The guy was in the front row. It just said, Triple H is gay. <laughs> I was like, why do they keep, They showed it, like, 15 times. And I was like, why do they keep showing that? And then, uh, you know, that was kind of it. I mean, uh, the ref was Mike Kyoto, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he punched Triple H at one point, and then he just, like, got knocked out for what seemed like 45 minutes. It, it, honestly, like, I, I, I expected more out of a Triple H Undertaker semi-main, and it just was kind of meh. Yeah, uh, so the notes notes that I had, um, one, uh, Triple H 
Triple H's mania entrance is all is always going to go over whoever he's fighting. Sure. He's going to have the most elaborate. He's got uh, Motorhead playing him in. Taker should have responded with a Limp Biscuit live walk into the or ride into the ring. Right. Um, since I, Mania seemed to be sponsored by Limp Biscuit because their entire album color was the soundtrack of the entire event. Agree. Like, what was Fred Durst doing that he couldn't be at WrestleMania? Fuck How you? Well, I think this was still like you know, Limp Bizkit was still doing stuff, obviously, because he's probably busy. You I, know. I, you I, guys yeah. may know better than I do, um, because I had a, a not that I wasn't interested in Limp Bizkit, I had a passing interest in Limp Bizkit. Um, Chris, this might have even been more of your cup of tea. Oh yeah, I was a big Limp Bizkit guy. <laughs> How big was Limp Bizkit in two thousand one? Oh, they were real big. They were real big. I mean, they were uh, there. Yeah, for sure. Maybe you couldn't. I mean, and this is, you know, uh, you you got, you had uh, Keep Rolling was a big song. That was like their, the their radio hit at the time. Uh, Nookie also. But that I think that was a previous, Nookie was a, the, the previous album. And uh, this was a newer album. And I think this one had uh, Break oh, Stuff yeah. also on it. Uh, something the hot dog flavored water, right? Wasn't that the name of it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this was a real big year for Limp Biscuit. They were just putting out hit after hit after hit. Giant year um, for, for all those. So maybe then that's why he wasn't able to play uh, <laughs> Undertaker. They were yeah. too they were they were Um, next note I have is uh. Is like Chris mentioned, uh, the replacement Spanish announced table was destroyed. I thought this uh, the table destruction here was unnecessary, or they should have saved the table break spot for this match instead of doing it in the Shane and right. match. Exactly. The referee, like you said, was Mike Kyoto. I thought he was involved way too early on. Twice he was getting up in Triple H's face. Once uh, Taker got in his face after a slow count. Mike Kyoto then was knocked out and was out for the entire match. He was gone for so long. It's like he wasn't even there. So they did the outside spot to where they went up to the camera well and he dumped Triple H off of that. And then they came back and he was still out. Like not even a stir. He's just still knocked out. I was saying, I wrote here in my notes uh, specifically, how is the ref still knocked out? Yeah. Um, and they spent a lot more time out of the ring than in. Um, they didn't name this match, specifically name this match as like a, a hardcore or false gun anywhere match. So I guess that's why they did the extremely long um, ref bump knockout for whatever. Um, and I don't think he really woke up until the very, very end. I, yeah. They did announce it was my, a DQ match, though, at some point, didn't they? Or, no, they? that was the next match. That was the main event match where they announced oh, uh, before uh, so before just, the match started that to a no DQ. Like, decided, you know, do what you want. I'm going to take a nap. Took a nap. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Uh, Taker wins this match. Of course, it's WrestleMania. Taker's going to win. Uh, not much else here. Let's get into the 
of the evening for the world heavyweight title stone cold steve austin taking on the rock back story coming at you they have a long and storied history going back to the end of 1997 where they were fighting over the ic title where Stone Cold threw the Rock's icy title into the Piscataqua River in Maine. Uh, they previously fought for the world title back at WrestleMania 15 and at Backlash in 1999. Austin wins the right to face the Rock at WrestleMania by winning the 2001 Royal Rumble. The Rock beat Kurt Angle in February of uh, 2001 at No Way Out. Uh, the big piece of the story was while Austin's then wife at the time, Deborah McMichael, was ordered to become the manager of The Rock by Vince McMahon. She was tasked to prevent The Rock and Austin from brawling before their matchup at WrestleMania. Austin, being protective, stated that he would hold The Rock and Vince McMahon personally responsible if any harm came Deborah McMichael's way. March 12, Raw. Deborah checks on The Rock during a match with Kurt Angle as he's locked into the uh, the ankle lock. Then Kurt Angle puts Deborah in said ankle lock. Austin runs in to make the save on Deborah and in turn gives The Rock a Stone Cold Stunner for punishment. March 19, Raw. Rock gets a payback on Austin and delivers a rock bottom. SmackDown just before WrestleMania, Vince relieves Deborah of her duties because she just didn't keep them apart uh, from brawling. And we get to the show. As we mentioned two seconds ago, last minute announcement from one Howard Finkel that this match all of a sudden turned into a no DQ match. Hmm. Maybe some foreshadowing. This uh, Austin theme here is probably my second favorite theme. Uh, This is the one by, I think, Disturbed, I believe. Um, it is disturbed. Okay, because I was like, I know that voice, the the voice when they're doing. It, I was like, is it? Disturbed? This, this is tell. my second favorite Austin theme. The uh, he had another one later on where it was really really slow that he didn't use for very long, but that one would be my number one. Um, if Earl Hebner is the referee in your match, you know something is going down. And Earl Hebner is the referee for this main event. Uh, every time The Rock gained a hint of momentum in the match, Austin cut him off and was in control for probably about 80% of this match. Austin emptied the toolbox early on by breaking out his old finisher, the Million Dollar Dream. It was very odd to see Vince and Austin working together after their whole long feud of the Mr. McMahon character, the rise up of Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, I knew it was coming. It's still very weird to look at. Uh, the Rock selling the Stone Cold Stunner is always A++. Um, his roles, his feet caught on the ropes, you know, extra uh, bit of selling that he does. 
Um, and then JR and Paul Heyman were doing a really great job of trying to sell the eventual heel turn of Austin as he does win this matchup to win the title with every aid possible uh, that he could do. But Austin, you're, you're not going to turn Austin heel and get the the booing crowd reaction for Austin in Texas. It's just not going to happen. No shot. Uh, yeah. Chris, what do you got for this match? I took no notes for this match. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I didn't take any notes. It was – I mean, I enjoyed the match a lot. I enjoyed Rock and Austin going back and forth. I enjoyed – uh, the stunners, uh, I enjoyed, um, you know, rock slapping on that sloppy sharpshooter that he always slaps on. Uh, I, <laughs> I think, I don't know. I was, I, I had used all my energy on TLC too. And I was just like, I can't, I can't do another good match. Like you had, I couldn't, you had nothing else to give. I was, I had nothing else to give TLC two wore me out. Um, but I will say this. I felt that one Vince was just seeing how well this match was going. It's like I gotta get in on this, and does the slowest just saunter down. And the entranceway, we haven't talked about this yet, but the entranceway was really long. Like they had to walk a really long way to get to the ring, and it Vince, was, it was very long. Every step just to soak it in. Soak it in, soak it in, and you and you just like made you think. Oh, I'm, here I am, right on cue to screw over Austin, and then the turn happens, and Vince pulls Rocky off, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then he gets Austin in the chair, and they do the chair shot, and then the Rock. I have a theory that this was the Rock going into business for himself. The Rock gets hit with the chair. You think this is it? This is the end of the match. Austin pins the rock. One, two, kick out. He was not supposed to kick out. The rock got that pop, and he's like, I'm going to get another one. And then they do it again. He kicked out again. And then Vince is like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Give him give him the business. And then that's when Austin gave him those like repeated chair shot, chair shot, chair shot, chair shot. And then... It was one, two, three. And I don't think, I think those kickouts, I think one kickout was supposed to happen. The second kickout was not supposed to happen. And then they had to show Rock what was what. But that's my theory on it. I don't know if that's true, but that's my theory. I don't know if, I don't know if that's what they were trying to, or let me not say trying to convey. I don't think that that was his, I don't think that was his motive. I think they wanted to show. That Austin would be willing, he wanted the WWF title so badly, he was willing to sell his soul to the man that that basically created, or g- gave the reason to create uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, that he was willing to work with Mr. McMahon to get what he thought was his, and that was the World Wrestling Federation. Right, I get that. But what I'm saying is, is that, They went those when the rock is like laying on the ground after that kickout, and Austin is like giving him just those repeated, like it was like 
10 different just like shot, 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 shot. And then he like presses the chair into the rock's chest. Like that was not part of it. Gotcha. That was extra. That was like, hey, rock, what are you doing? Like, we need to get out of here. Like, I'm tired. I'm bleeding. Like, let's go and like have a beat. Like, I'm done. And the rock just like he had got that one pop from the kick out. He's like, ooh, let me see if I can get another one if I do it again. And he wasn't supposed to do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, Pilch, what do you have for this main event matchup? You know, I'm, I'm kind of on the same page as Chris here. And, like, I thought the match was great. You know, we had a each, – each wrestler did the finisher of the others, which, you know, is always like a WrestleMania kind of trope, I guess. But I, th- I yep. thought it was well played. Um Actually, one note for this match was that it was a weird ending. Like, you know, you expect a giant pop out of Rock versus Stone Cold at the end. And um, I think Chris might be onto something where he said the Rock was just chasing the pop. And it made it so by the time the match was over, it was all the steam was let out of the building. I mean, that last spot where he kicks out at two... And then Stone Cold just repeatedly hits him with the chair over and over and over and over and over. And then he goes back to the well and he, he, he finally pins him. In my head, I'm thinking like, oh, Rock's going to kick out again. He's got one more trick left in the, in the bag. <laughs> you know, he's going to turn around and win the match. And then when it was a three count, I was like, oh, huh. Like, you know, I, I you just think like from WrestleMania, for a WrestleMania pop, you just expect it to be like huge, right? And yeah, no, I, I, I get, I get what you're saying, and I think the, like I said, playing, trying to do something in Texas with Steve Austin, um, you're not going to get the reaction that you expect. Like you wouldn't get the same reaction. In if this was in Miami, Florida, or if this was in Madison Square Garden, um, it probably would have came across a lot differently there. And I think that the the heel turn of Austin would have it probably would have had a better reaction there. But I, well, being let me, told, let me just the, the, so. the whole heel turn of Austin didn't really uh, didn't really work. So. What, you know, hypothetically, right? Like, let's say Rock kicks out at two. And Austin has that look on his face, like the Bret Hart coming up in the Royal Rumble look, right? Like, just completely, like, shocked. And he goes mm-hmm. up, and he's talking to Vince McMahon. He's like, this is fucking bullshit. You know, double bird, whole nine yards. And then Rock gets up, hits him with a chair. Stone Cold's laid out, bloody or whatever. Rock goes to pin him. And then Austin reverses it into the most dangerous move in sports entertainment, which is the roll-up, and gets a three count. I think it would have gotten a bigger pop. I just think like it, it ended on such a weird note that it just didn't work. And it, it sucks because it was. I thought it was a fantastic match from start to finish. It's just the last yeah. 30 seconds just didn't encapsulate what it should have been. They 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 should have the getting the getting to the the peak of the 
the turn or the the end result of the turn was was just so hard and uh whether the rock really cooperated or not you know it, it was uh it was what it was um but that put a wrap on uh on the pay-per-view so the way we will uh wrap things up here uh we're going to give a uh grade to the the pay-per-view as a whole and we're going to use uh what chris uh we are going to use the old nature boy woo oh there it is my mouse i had to reactivate my mouse um so uh i think for this pay-per-view i'm going to give this pay-per-view Four woos, four out of five woos. Um, and three of those, three of those woos are just coming from, you know, TLC two for me. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Rock Austin, great match. Holy crap, Rock or uh, Austin's working with Vince, like that's crazy. Like, of course, that's got to be a WrestleMania moment. Mm-hmm. It like change the way you think about Steve Austin. Um, and then, um. You know, uh, the gimmick match, real fun, real real nice seeing all those old heads. Um, and, uh, you know, Taker Triple H, that was pretty good. You know, hardcore match left me something to be desired. But I think overall, real fun, real fun. Pilch, what are you going to uh, – what rating are you going to give this pay-per-view? WrestleMania X7. I'm going to give this uh... – Pay-per-view a three woos. Um, Chris? You know, I think there's a couple highlights in this pay-per-view. I think the the Rockstone Cold match is great. I think the TLC match is fantastic. But the rest of it is just kind of filler. You know, and um, not great filler either. So I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's the best. It's the best I've ever seen. Uh, as for me, I think I have to do four. I'm going to go four woos on this one. Uh, the pluses would definitely be TLC. Would definitely be uh, Rock and Austin, even with the the questionable turn at the end. Um. And then the the quote unquote filler that we mentioned were still all matches that I liked. Jericho Regal, uh Kurt Angle, Benoit, um definitely uh Shane and Vince. <laughs> Shane, Shane and Vince would be in there. Taker off or Taker Triple H would be in there. The Give It Battle Royal. I could have done without Ivory China. Um, I could do without anything that Tess does. <laughs> but uh really I, I think it lived up to the uh the monikers that it was given as the best WrestleMania of all time. And I mean, hey, maybe my mind will change as we get down the road and start watching a few other WrestleManias or or other pay-per-views in general, but I think this will this holds up as as right now at the top notch, uh top notch WrestleMania out of all. Only only time will tell. Only time will tell. So, 
I think we've done enough damage for uh, for another pod. Thank everybody for listening and downloading and subscribing to the Triple R podcast. Uh, Pilch, where could you find us on all of the social media ventures? So the only social media we have now is uh, Triple R Pod on Instagram. Uh, if you do yes, want to find sir. us on the old web, it's triplerpodcast.com. Uh, uh, site's not up mm-hmm. yet, but uh, we hope it's up soon. And, you know, love to interact with anyone that's out there. So please uh, give us Thank a like. You. We'll see you soon. And uh, and um, so next week um we're still going to have to do some deciding as far as what our next pay-per-view will be but the following week we are going to uh use our picks from the recent pay-per-view that happened the uh hell in the cell uh pay-per-view between myself and pilch the winner of the pick segment will uh, choose what pay-per-view we're going to watch. Um, so we'll go over those picks. We'll see what pay-per-view we're going to watch. That's for the third episode. Second episode, we'll let you guys know. So follow us on Instagram uh, to find out what pay-per-view we're going to be reviewing next week. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you then. Goodbye. <laughs>